Bill Street Caravan is brought to you by the generous support of the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau. Memphis, home of the blues and the birthplace of rock and roll. I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. This week on Beale Street Caravan, we feature Barbara Blue, the reigning queen of Beale Street. Blue's connoisseurs the world over know Barbara Blue, either through her records, songs on the radio, or they've been fortunate enough to stumble into Silky L. Sullivan's on Beale Street and catch one of her late night sets. She's a throwback to the powerful blues divas of yesterday, like Memphis Minnie, Bessie Smith, but she's got a contemporary edge like Tracy Nelson and Bonnie Raitt. Our listeners are going to love her. We'll sit down after the break today and talk with Barbara about working on Beale Street and in the clubs where blues music was born. So stay tuned for that. We'll also continue a series we've created from archival interviews with the late Jerry Wexler. Arguably the greatest A&R man in the history of popular music, Jerry Wexler oversaw the rise of Atlantic Records into the greatest R&B label in the world. Throughout the series, Jerry will take listeners through the early artists and moments that led to Atlantic success. So stick around, y'all. That's all coming up right now on Beale Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. I'm so excited when we have the opportunity to bring local treasures like Barbara Blue under our program. I'm just sitting here thinking about the first time I ever saw Barbara when she moved to Memphis, and I was like, Barbara Blue, what? Who, what, 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 what is this name? What is this, what is this woman? Where is she from? Who is she? You know how we are around here. Right. You know? <laughs> we're not easy to impress. Yeah, we're the cool kids. We're like, <laughs> it's like a clique. And then I saw her perform, and I was just like, whoa, she moved to the right place. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> she she was born to be here. And later on in the show, we talked to Barbara, and we talked more in depth about that. But Destiny, I think, brought Barbara to Beale Street. And she's been here for almost two decades, and she has grown to personify the street to me. Yeah. She plays five nights a week. She plays several sets a night. She sings her brains out. She brings an energy and a stamina to performance that I'm sorry, you just don't see from the young kids these days. Yeah, and a lot of people who go, oh, where can I find blues on Bill Street? Well, Barbara Blue will blow you away. Absolutely. Barbara's been up a lot lately. You know, she's had a CD out. It's gotten a lot of attention. She was a centerpiece in the B.B. King Memorial. You know, they had all the musicians coming down the street. They're playing their trumpets and the, you know, drums. And Barbara had her tambourine in her hand, and she started singing the thrill is gone. It, it, it chills mm-hmm. up and down my spine. You can find some of that video online. That's Barbara Blue, <laughs> for folks who don't know. And recently she was awarded a brass note. Yes, she was. She was awarded that honor. That's the highest honor that Bill Street can give to one of its musicians. She has a brass note on Bill Street. She was also a uh, Memphis emissary. And I know, Pat, you too are in Memphis Emissary. Yes. What is that exactly? Um, emissary is an honor that is bestowed by the Memphis Music Commission, and they give it to women in Memphis music because really a lot of us don't get as much attention as the guys do. So it's just a way to say, hey, we've got a lot of really strong ladies here, and we want to recognize them. So it's it's been every year, it's such a great class of women to know that I'm an emissary and I've got Barbara Blue and Carla Thomas are emissaries also. I mean, hey, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel pretty good about what you've done in life. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> 
Well, Barbara's new album is called Memphis Blue, Sweet, Strong, and Tight. And you can find it on cdbaby.com or on her website, barbarablue.com. Here's Barbara Blue live on Bill Street Caravan. What you want a pot of beans? Throw some cornbread in the skillet. Cook you up a mess of greens. You need to get it together, cause you're all out of whack. I got a little something. Help you get your rhythm back. If you need someone to keep you from singing the blues late at night. Yeah, I'm a real good woman. What I Some southern comfort, but that won't do the trick. You'll wake up in the morning, hung over, feeling sick. Happy your medicine, I said your personal remedy. A dose of my sweet loving, all you need. If you need someone to keep you from singing the blues. to me.
Just tuning in, you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today's program is made possible by support from Bridging the Blues. Find out more about the music and culture of Memphis and the Delta region at bridgingtheblues.com. Here's more from Barbara Blue, live on Bill Street Caravan. All right. Remember, the more you drink, the better we sound. Two bucks. I ain't 
We'll be back with more from Barbara in just a few minutes, but right now we're going to dive into a series we're calling Wex on Wax. This series was created from interviews from the Bill Street Caravan archives with the late Jerry Wexler. You know, the Atlantic A&R guy who signed Ray Charles and Ruth Brown, Aretha Franklin, Led Zeppelin. I love just tossing the names out there like they, you know, like they don't they don't have any weight. <laughs> Jerry Wexler is also the man that coined the term rhythm and blues. In this series, Jerry takes listeners through the artists and defining moments that paved the way for Atlantic Records success. Well... I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh, yeah. In 1954, and we had no inkling that this was going to happen, Ray Charles was in Atlanta and he called us to come down to Atlanta to hear something that he wanted to present for our edification and delight and recording and to hear this new band. We knew nothing about it. So he was staying at the Peacock Hotel, which is across the street from the legendary Peacock nightclub uh, in Atlanta. And Ahmed and I go up to see him in his room in the hotel. And uh, we do the obligatory chit-chat, how are you, and so on. He said, okay, fellas, come with me. And he ran down the stairs. We couldn't keep up with him. Ran across the island, ran up the second floor of this nightclub, the rehearsal, and there's this band sitting there. And it's, uh, it's like seven pieces, three rhythm, and four horns, no guitar. Ray Charles spent a lifetime without a guitar because the guitar would have gotten in, in his way. And Ray sat down at the piano, he counted off, and they started, they hit into the damnedest music. And it was the Ray Charles, the new Ray Charles. I got a woman, this little girl of mine. And it, it, he made the transition from being a man subject to the ministrations of studio jockeys into being the full-fledged self-contained and self-realized Ray Charles where this band was his expression, his music. And except when he would occasionally do a record uh, where there'd be some lead guitar for the, for blues effect, there certainly would never be a rhythm guitar in Ray Charles's band because it would just get in the way in the piano. Because, you know, in a good band, small R&B band or a blues band or any kind of a rocking band, that deals with instrumentals and vocals. Piano has two jobs. 
It has to be part of the rhythm section and comp and make the thing swing. And it must also accompany a singer when there's vocals. So he has to do both things and yet never get in the way. And that's what makes a master musician like a Tommy Flanagan or an Art Tatum, if you will. But the art of accompanying a singer, uh, giving a singer good full chords and good harmonic references and tonal references and getting the tonic in there from time to time and yet staying out of the way, well, the best person to accompany a singer is himself if he plays an instrument because he knows how to duck and dodge and get in and get out of the way. So Ray Charles took this thing and put a full band to it and expanded it into a whole musical creation. This was the new Ray Charles. So next day we got a record and it's station WGST, I'll never forget it, and it's uh, the radio station of Georgia Tech and it's on the grounds of the campus. And I'm sure they had never done a record there before because we got in there and you know, everything, in the lingo of the old swing musicians, when they're on the road, the word panic always came into the, uh, uh, into the language because everything was a panic, a panic band, a panic gig. It meant you know, like you, you were going and you were hoping you were going to make gas money, but you weren't sure and you didn't know how you were going to get home, back home after the promoter screwed you, you know, and you didn't get paid and you were in Decatur, either Georgia or Illinois. <laughs> and so it was, uh, this was a panic session in every sense of the word because we got, now we got Ray Charles' band there and uh, we're under the obligation to pay him something resembling scale. And for the first two hours, not a note of music came back from the studio into the control room. And there was an elderly engineer there who certainly had never done any recording. Well, I called home that time and I said to my wife, I don't know what's going to happen here, but there's not an order. We can't get any sound. Well, we finally started, something started coming in uh, into the monitor. And uh, I don't know what kind of a monitor it was. It was certainly, it was mono. Maybe there was one little uh, speaker. And so we start playing the music. And it all, of course, had to be mixed on the fly. I don't remember what kind of a mixer they had. But the thing was, we had to stop every hour because they had to do the news. <laughs> so, but we made some terrific records that night. Somehow we got the, I Got a Woman, Greenbacks, Comeback Baby. As I was walking down the street last night, Pretty little girl came in the sight. I bowed and smiled and asked her name. She said, Holy bud, I don't play that game. I reached in my pocket and to her big surprise, that was Lincoln staring her dead in the eye. On Greenback, Greenback dollar bill. Just a little piece of paper, coated with chlorophyll. She looked at me with that familiar desire. Eyes lit up like they were on fire. She said, my name's Flo and you're on the right track. But look here, Daddy, I wear furs on my back. So if you want to have fun in this man's land, let Lincoln and Jackson start shaking hands. All of this stuff, you know, was just unfolding. All of this great kind of new music was coming out. So uh, Ray Charles were fully fledged after Atlanta. And the next session we did with him also was in a radio studio. 
studio, and that was in Miami. And there we cut some more goodies. Uh, this little girl of mine, and I'm a fool for you, which is a beautiful 16-bar gospel changes. Oh well, oh yeah, oh well, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you know that this little girl of mine? I want you people to know this little girl of mine. I take her everywhere we go. One day I looked at my suit. My suit was new. I looked at my shoes and they were too. And that's why I, 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 Uh, we took that tune later on, Nessie Erdogan and I, our other partner who was handling most of the jazz, we were in the studio cutting instrumentals with Ray Charles, jazz-style instrumentals. And uh, so we cut Hard Times featuring David Newman, Fathead, which is a classical uh, record. Now, to this day, it's influenced everybody. We cut a bunch of things, and then we had some time left, so I said to Ray, why don't you cut, like, same 16-bar changes you did on A, a Fool For You? Because that's all it was, and it's regular 16-bar gospel changes, which has always been interesting to me, the connection between gospel and country music on 16, eight 16-bar 16 forms instead of a 32-bar, you know, a A B A eight 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 four or eight and eight. So he cut it, and so uh, we came up with a title, "Sweet Sixteen Bars." <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing to this day.
Right now, we've got to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. Barbara Blue will be here in the studio to talk with us. And of course, there's a lot more music to come. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from the Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and this week we've got Barbara Blue on the program with us. Yes, Kevin and Barbara sat down earlier and talked about her story, her approach to music, and what it's like to play on Bill Street. So let's listen in and see what they had to say. Barbara, thank you for being on the program today. Such a pleasure. No, it's my pleasure, Kevin. (laughs) You're one of those individuals that have become so synonymous with Bill Street and Memphis music. Uh, For instance, recently you were just honored with a brass note on Bill Street. Um, I was surprised to learn that you're not from here. No, I'm not. So that leads me to my Tom T. Hall question. <laughs> How did you get to Memphis? You know, I'd come here on and off for IBC and bring my band. And, you know, we would try to do the competitions. And mm-hmm. a friend of mine and I drove to New Orleans. We were going to Jazz Fest, and she loved Tracy Nelson. And I looked up in Memphis, and Tracy was playing that Sunday. And I'd never seen her. I said, let's go back and get in the car. I got surprised. So I was driving, and I drove us to Memphis. So we went and saw Tracy on the Sunday at Memphis in May. Mm-hmm. And then... My friend ate something that made her sick, so she stayed in the room. And I said, well, I know. I can go to Silky's and pay them guys five bucks and sing a song. I'm going to go out and have a couple beers, you know. So I took off, went in there, did exactly what I said, and the place filled up. They're, like, standing on top of each other, and Silky runs up to me and says, hey, can you do that again? (laughs) I don't know. Sure, I'll sing it again, you know. Buy me a beer. We'll do it again. And so we did it again. Were you a professional singer before that point? Yes. You were well, singing professionally? I'd been singing, you know, yeah. six nights a week in Pittsburgh. Oh, gotcha. I've been singing all my life. So um, we came, and I sang Bobby McGee, and I sang it again. And he said, he looks at me and goes, can you do that again? I'm going to call my wife. And I said, okay. And just buy me another beer, you know. So, and Joe Ellen showed up, and uh, I went to leave, and they grabbed me and said, hey, we, we think we got something here. You know, and we talked price, and I said, okay, I'll be back. And uh, it was about four and a half, five weeks later I came back. That was May. I was back to June 7th. That was my first day on stage. And wow. I've been there ever since, five nights a week. Unbelievable. So, Crazy. And when you say you came back, like you moved back. You relocated. I, right. I relocated to Memphis. I went home, and I told my mom I was coming for six months. That's what I told her. Wow. 
And then, you know, we had some family stuff. My father got new and blah, blah, blah. And I was traveling back and forth. And then, you know, we lost him. And then my mom came here and she said, you know what? And we're very close. I talked to her 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know what? This place is good for you. You belong here. Mm -hmm. I feel it. So I stayed. Um, Obviously, blues is part of your DNA. Working five nights a week on Beale Street, despite the trappings of modernity and the hustle and bustle of tourism, do you still feel the history and the legacy day in, day out? Is that still part of the fabric for you? Yeah, it's there. It's still heavy. I mean, it's heavy. For me, I mean, I've been there a long time. So, you know, I've been on the street. I've watched it transform. My feelings are I'm doing what I love. I'm there to make people feel good. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. There's a gift in that itself. You know, I call it my little ministry. Yes. You know, I've been working in a bar since I was 13 years old. And, you know, you either get lost in it and ruined or you make a life out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think I've made a life out of it. You were recently, along with a bunch of other Mimpians, on the homepage of news organizations all around the world. As Mimpians turned out in the thousands to accompany the mortal remains of B.B. King down Beale Street. His funeral procession was one of the most beautiful displays of community and love I've seen in the city you know, in my lifetime. You were chosen to lead the Mighty Souls Brass Band behind the hearse. And I don't even know if I was chosen. It just, you know, we, we do every funeral on Beale Street, me and them guys. There was a lot oh, of yeah. people that just showed up that wanted to be part of it, and it was cool. You know, we said as long as it didn't turn into a circus, we were cool with it. You bring your respect. But, you know, there are at least, I would say, 10 to 15, 18 of us that do every funeral from Willie Pops Mitchell to people that work on the street, whoever's getting ridden down the street, yeah. you know, an email goes out, usually from Carson, and we all get together and we do what we can. And Carson's the general manager of Rum Boogie. Right, Rum Boogie, yeah. yeah. I so, I mean, you, I, I didn't realize that, that you had performed in that role yeah, well, I mean, that's, time, that's what we did. I mean, it's Bill Street. I mean, you got if you're part of the street, you're part of the street. B.B. King was certainly part of that street. And B.B. <laughs> King was definitely part of the street. You know, but we opened it up more to everybody just because of the love he had shown everybody. I mean, everybody loved B.B. King. You mm-hmm. know, it was just what was not to love of him. Right. I never saw one mean action of that man in any time I'd ever seen him or met him or watched him. Mm-hmm. What was that day in particular like for you? Oh. <sighs> I don't, it got kind of surreal there for a minute. Um, you know, we were walking down and I just, I just loved him. I'd met him, talked to him, and he gave his life to the blues. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened. We were singing, you know, they wanted me to do Thrill is Gone, and all of a sudden it just started coming out. The king is gone, and we didn't know when we just lost it. I knew what I was supposed to be saying, and, and it worked for the feeling. and. I felt overtaken. It was crazy. But, you know, it's what happens when you have that much, I'm going to call it mojo, Mm -hmm. in one place and love. I mean, people were there to say goodbye to B.B. King Mm -hmm. from his home where people loved him. Thousands. Yes, thousands. I've never seen that many people on the street. Yeah, I mean, either. So, Barbara, (laughs) you've got a new record out. It's called Memphis Blues, Sweet, Strong, and Tight. What can you tell us about it? I love it. It's awesome. Came out of Royal Studios. I put all Memphis songwriters on it and mm. musicians, except for Ronnie Earl and Bobby Rush. But to me, Bobby Rush spent so much time here that, you know, he's just wonderful. And uh, and I love Bobby Rush. And uh, I love Bobby Rush. Did I say that? I love Bobby Rush. But uh, <laughs> You collaborate with a lot of people. Like I noticed during, during your set, you were talking about, I wrote this song with so-and-so. I wrote this song with Becky. I wrote this song. 
Well, Becky actually wrote that song, you know, but she was like, I just called everybody and said, hey, I'm making this record. And I told them before, but I said, it's time I'm making the record. You got a song, I need it now. But anyway, uh, Reba Russell wrote a song, and um, Delta Joe Sanders. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, and Lorena McMahon. I mean, I've reached out to everybody, and I'm sure there's some people kicking themselves in the butt right now and going, why didn't I throw that song at her? But I got two from Dueling Piano Players at Silky's, which um, Tim Plonk wrote a great song. And uh, Craig Schuster, he had this song about Rudy Williams. Mm -hmm. And it was just a little too long and a little, you know, I'm a crafter. So I, I said, Lester, I like this song. Let's see what we can do with it. Mm -hmm. So we took it. And it was actually two songs with a little bit of something in between trying to glue it together. And I said, we need one song. And Lester and I worked it out. Mm. And it's called Rudy's Blues. And uh, it's awesome because, you know, Rudy was cool. I mean, I saw him every day. For years, you know, and then boof, he was gone. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, and it was sad. So, you know, it kind of immortalized Rudy there for a minute. And uh, and for our audience, you might not know that. Rudy Williams was the mayor of Beale Street. He's unofficially known as the, the mayor of right. Beale Street. He wasn't A.C. Wharton or uh, right. <laughs> Big Willie, but, you know, he was so, you know, hello to everybody. Where can I get a copy of the record? You can get a copy of the record at Silky's, CD Baby, you know, Memphis music. Um, do you have a website? I do, parperblue.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the program. We're My gonna... pleasure. Thanks for coming to see us. It was great. Oh, it was fun. We're going to get back to the music. Here's more from Barbara Blue, live on Bill Street Caravan. Lost my job.
Thank you. God, you're doing so Here's nice. more from Barbara Blue live on Bill Street Caravan. Um, Ronnie said, Barbara, let's just do a song, you and I. So we did a one take song in the studio and this is what it is. And it turned out to be a song called 800 Mile Blues. Sit here all day. 
drums, ladies and gentlemen. My good friend, Jumpin' James Cunningham. And on the piano back there, keyboards, I don't know what the hell he's got hooked up to that thing, but all kind of stuff. He's been with me for over 18 years inside Silky Sears five nights a week. Give it up for Mr. Nat Kerr. That was Barbara Blue, live on Beale Street Caravan. You can find out more about Barbara by visiting barbarablue.com. Her new album, Memphis Blue, Sweet, Strong, and Tight, is available there and on cdbaby.com. And if you come to Memphis, remember that you can catch Barbara performing five nights a week at Silky O'Sullivan's on Beale Street. Special thanks to our supporters, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, AutoZone, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. And we'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. 
You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Check in with us there. We've always got special features and updates. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week, so we'll see you then. Until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.